Hi everyone, I'm Ivy. <laughs> and I'm Rihanna. And we are the Get. The Get! I feel like that was too Eurocentric for this episode. The Get. <laughs> no, we got some drums like do, 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 the Get, do, 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 the Get. So if you haven't guessed, today we're doing a deep dive into Black Panther. Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda forever. <laughs> forever. Can we talk about the, the large breath of African accents? Yo. Also, Forrest Whitaker's accent was so fucking bad. <laughs> I did not Panther. know what he was saying half, like three quarters of the time. I think that's supposed uh, to be Uganda. It's unclear though, but <laughs> it's supposed to be Uganda uh-uh. from like... When he he busted it out from um what was that movie that you did? from Last King of Scotland? Oh no, like, Last King of Scotland. Let me bring this right, Edie. Exactly. I mean, I spent a couple months in Uganda and they did not sound like that. <laughs> well, that was everyone's issue That's with just... the Last King of Scotland. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bruh, how did everyone get a better accent coach than you? Who, you know what? He's like, you... listen, I think I'm the producer of this shit, so y'all gonna put me in this goddamn movie <laughs> and y'all gonna like whatever fucking accent I bring. Okay. But can you imagine being like Lupita or <laughs> Deny? Her, deny, and you're like, uh, and you just gotta be like, shh. <laughs> just be happy to be on the movie. Just be happy to be here. It's a Marvel movie. It doesn't matter. It's okay. He doesn't need to have the accent, right? I get my Black American accent. It's perfect, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it's cool. It's whatever. Thank you for the opportunity, y'all. I appreciate it. <laughs> We'll get into this later, but at this point, Africans really can't say shit to black Americans about anything, so, you know, because it's like slavery, like, y'all fought the civil rights movement, then we came through and are like, hey, (laughs) you know? So it's like- some are like, actively like, what is wrong with you Americans? Exactly. And so the rest of us who are down just got to be like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Whatever you say. We're sorry. I'm so sorry for like literally everything. Like I'm, I'm just really sorry. I'm basically like in Jobu, like, yo, what we gonna do? Like, y'all need this vibranium? We got you. Like, it's right there. I know exactly where it is. Anyway, let me, let me, let's. I'm getting ahead of myself clearly. Um, yeah. So first, we wanted to talk about just introduce like what's happening. Um, if you Wakanda, haven't seen Black Panther, this... I keep calling the movie Wakanda. <laughs> I'm like, fuck that Black Panther shit. Like, this is about Wakanda for me, clearly. <laughs> Damn, I'm a mess. Go ahead. What yeah. Were you saying? So, we're obviously talking about Black Panther. If you haven't seen it, there's going to be spoilers on top of spoilers on top of spoilers. So, you know, pause this, go watch it, and then listen after. Or listen, but whatever. Don't at me. Don't at us. Just mind your business. Or, but we'll try and explain everything um, so that if you don't care about spoilers, you can follow along. seen it two times and I may go see it again in Atlanta which is Wakanda US you know um, many of our friends have seen it three four three times. four five times yep I actually 
felt a lot of things that I wasn't expecting to feel. I love superhero movies. I don't read comic books really, but I do love superhero movies. And I like see basically every single one that comes out, even the trash ass DC ones I go see. (laughs) Um, Shout out to Justice League, which was aggressively mediocre. Um, And so, but, and so I'm one of those people who like, I love it because it's like such pure escapism, Mm -hmm. especially when they're done well, like Marvel movies, even though the plot is the same fucking plot, like some aliens come out the sky and zap something (laughs) and they fight them and they destroy a city, whatever. Um, I just love the feeling that like, there's some people out there somehow doing these like amazing superhuman things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought I would feel that way afterwards because I'm always coming out and I'm like, which X-Men am I? I'm Wonder Woman, like high kicking <laughs> and side kicking and shit. Um, and I didn't feel that way. Like I felt excited. Um, but I also like felt really emotional mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't expect. I didn't realize until I was watching the movie that I had never like ever seen an all black like world like this yeah and like i've seen all black movies but they're always like soaked in like not not necessarily in history but Mm -hmm. at least in the like a not an acknowledgement of white supremacy and like the struggle Mm -hmm. and black panther was but it wasn't like they essentially lived in this world that didn't need white people at all right right, and we're like white white people didn't control anything white capital didn't mean anything like and it was incredible and and so I found that really overwhelming and then at the same time I felt really sad um, because I just felt like if I was from the continent, like if I was from Africa, like any African country, I would have a an even more sort of intense like love for the movie. Mm. It felt like being African American, there was something, and that mm. I couldn't connect to even just that like having a a homeland. Mm, and I kept thinking yeah. about how you felt watching it because it reminded me of like when I came out to visit you and went to my first Nigerian party and there's just like a sense of not just blackness, but country, Mm. right? There's a culture that you come from and I have a culture too, right? I'm black American, right? But it's not, it's not a nation state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's not that sort of, understanding of what it means to come from like an all black country where black people run everything Mm -hmm. and I was like damn I wish I could like connect with that Mm -hmm. because in that in the sense like the only black American was Killmonger and he was trying to trash the fucking place right and I was like god damn it Yeah. yeah and it still felt like even there like black Americans sort of stood for like trauma Mm. And I was like, uh, like there's more. And also not all of us are would trash Wakanda. I, I I like Wakanda. And like, (laughs) Nigel had like a very different read on it, but Mm. I was just so overjoyed to see this world of like beautiful black people like that. I was like, don't go out in the other rest of the world. They suck stay in Wakanda I was like a Wakandan separatist I was like yeah fuck them niggas oh no fuck them other niggas damn I was like this is 
is beautiful. I was mad as fuck that Killmonger came in trying to destroy. It. I was like, we need a retreat. And then there was a <laughs> then the the reality hit me, which is like, if that shit was real, they wouldn't let my ass in. <laughs> like yeah, I can't yeah. travel to Wakanda. At best, I can like now work at the outpost in Oakland and maybe get <laughs> oh a work God. visa no, or some this shit. Is too deep. This is too deep, Rihanna. <laughs> But, like, I can't go visit. But the fact is, you couldn't either. I couldn't go either. Right? Like, in fact, my people were, from, like, the bad like, guys in the beginning, right? Like, Boko Haram, the scene yeah. in the beginning, like, we were the bad guys. So, I mean, that's interesting, though. I mean, I see, but I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, for me, so, I, I don't, I, like, watch superhero movies if, like, someone else wants to go. I'm not super into them. But I'm not against, like, I don't have anything against them. I just don't really go out of my way to go. Um, it's very masculine and like white centered. And so I'm like, I don't need any more of that in my life. Um, so, but I was super hyped about this movie. Just like all the like dark skinned people just like out here, like, and I didn't even, I didn't really know what to expect. So I think I wasn't, um, I wasn't like that jarred by how different it is from normal superhero movies. Um, but what was really most drawing to me was the like, vibrancy of the women um it was i was just watching and marveling like wow they're like actually they're advancing this plot in in really key ways you know Um, and it's not just someone's love interest or mama even though they were like a love interest a mama a sister they like were fully formed people yeah didn't just exist like to help t'challa yeah and they had their own like perspective on like different you know like on this question of what should Wakanda do mm-hmm. um and the the different so so like I was shook by that and and just like the and like the women weren't like brown you know they, they were like no. really dark-skinned um yes. and they were like loved you know I was I think so I was just like like kind of um I was just kind of taken aback by that and I wasn't really expecting to be I know I mean I'm salty about colorism day in day out so like I know how I feel but I I couldn't anticipate like like how shook I was by like a corrective to that um like I knew that I always know like I want this I want the like love interest to be darker than her partner which um with T'Challa and Nakia like she is much darker than him yeah um and we like pretty rarely see that um yeah so I just, I just feel like the whole movie, I was just kind of marveling. And then they're, like, coming at white people and, like, calling them colonizers and, like, oh talking about guns. I was just like, y'all are saying everything that I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all saying it nationwide. Like, yeah. 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 So, and, and yes, you're right. Like, I, I felt familiar to me. Like, okay, this is a place with a tri- different tribes. And they're mm-hmm. like, we're better than y'all. You know, like, that's how Nigerians are. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, shit's a mess. And, like, we're fucking up. But we're still like, yeah, we're definitely better than you guys. Um, so it did feel familiar, like, in that way. Um, so I think what was, what then, like, stood out was definitely the gender um, stuff. And... Uh, I just loved it. I just like couldn't get enough of every like interaction, especially even the romantic interactions, which generally yeah. are like kind of boring and and like and like flat. But like there was so much there for both the relationship with Nakia and T'Challa, and then the relationship with Okoye and right. um, and Wakabi. Wako- you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so, Can we also so talk about how poor Daniel don't never get out the sunken place? <laughs> He's, they say you like gonna role. stay being 
the nigga you're gonna go back to africa and go to the second place <laughs> in a fictional african country like damn that's deep son like we need him to do some other kind of role after this and he was even in the second place in that black mirror episode that he was in. <laughs> <laughs> like sir but, we need you to do something else so that like you're not typecast for the rest of your life as just like fucking up over and over and over yeah uh, no yeah. i think um I thought you were so right that the romantic relationships were so interesting um, because I also get bored by them in most movies and and it was I felt like it really that really shook me on two levels one it was finally like a relationship that seemed like a relationship that I had seen or have Mm -hmm. and then the other thing was like I felt like it was really exciting because they were portrayed as equals yes and not just like I feel like movies now try to do that where they're like equals but they're not really yes right like someone always has a more central role yes but they somehow managed like the couples really truly were equal like Tashala really valued Nakia's opinion yes and she had her own fucking like mission right, right? like she was she was like I gotta go like I came back cause your yeah. father and like I wanted to support you or whatever but I actually have to go I was like me too sis me too I also have to go I also can't yeah. be here just like waiting for you it was uh. yeah and I can't I can't be with you and betray all of my values yes right like yes it doesn't matter that you now have power and okoye had her own like entire fucking career unattached to wakabi she was a general and she was on her own shit and a boss and they were like had equal power relationships which i really loved and there so this is my favorite part of the movie because there he tries to like do the traditional trope thing of like, would you kill me, my love? And she's like, for Wakanda, for Wakanda, yes, you're done. You're actually, you're, there's a spear in your face right now, sir. Like for Wakanda, without question. I was like, <laughs> I think in the movie theater, I was literally like looking around, shook, like dumb. And it was, it was just everything. Like, don't try and like do this bullshit thing that they do in the mainstream movies. Like, this is Black Panther. Like, we, <laughs> yeah, you know. And I love that he didn't. It was never portrayed like she is somehow, even if they never say it, like inherently weaker as a woman. So he will try to take her out. Like Homeboy thought and was like, she will kill me where she I stand, li- right here. And I, like I have a blade and I could swipe at her, but I know she's a better fighter than me and would murder me, right. Um, and I was like, I love that. Yeah, I just love that they. Yeah, and my favorite part was definitely the interrogation scene. So if you haven't seen it, <laughs> there is so Claw is set up originally as a villain, but he's not actually the villain. But anyway, they the Wakandans are there to capture him because he stole some vibranium and bring him back to Wakanda to. Stand trial ritual. I don't know. They was gonna Kill fuck him, that boy something. up. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're about to ruin his whole life. <laughs> and uh, they catch him with like Agent Ross, who's CIA, played by Martin Freeman. And um, Martin Freeman. They're sort of the Wakandans are discussing with Martin Freeman, Agent Ross, uh, who should interrogate Claw. And they're like, we will interrogate him because you don't understand. We're going to take him out of here whether you like it or not. Right. Like, he's coming to Wakanda. And 
Agent Ross, like he plays them like they're dumb because he doesn't under he doesn't know how much knowledge they have. And so I thought it was perfect. Ryan Coogler like captures a microaggression. So like Agent Ross is essentially like calm down and he touches T'Challa and Okoye looks and she like so she tells him in Hosa if he touches him again, I will impale him to that desk. Yep. <laughs> and it's just really fantastic because in in this whole moment, Agent Ross thinks he has all the power. He thinks they're like Africans from like some like a super poor country who don't know that much. He under you can tell he understands that they're educated, but he still thinks that he it's like knows more them. and is yep. superior to them. And they are so dismissive of him <laughs> because they, you can tell they're just like completely confident in what they know and how superior they are in terms of just not knowledge. They do seem like they think they're better than him, but not because they think, he, you know, he's not worth anything, right? but no. because they're like, you have no idea what we know. And you and your like guns and you're essentially like barbaric means <laughs> of, <laughs> of like, justice violence and running and yep. yeah mm-hmm. are, are silly and i just love that because that i feel like i've had that moment in my life and so many black people i know have too where you're in the situation a white person is assuming that they're superior to you and that they know more without truly understanding all that you know but you can't be dismissive because we live in a world where like with white supremacy right. and often these white people are people who are like signing your checks or you need to like validate you so you can get funding you know whatever Mm -hmm. they have some measure of power so you have to play like you have to play along or like low-key try to shade them yeah shade them but in this they just didn't give a fuck because they didn't Mm -hmm. need him or any other people in that room Mm -hmm. and i was just it just brought me so much joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it was, there were so many moments like that. Just like, it was just amazing to see like a people who were excellent and like comfortable in their excellence and like moving in their yeah. excellence and, and not like it wasn't, it wasn't in spite of like sur- surviving like all this trauma and like, it was just like, no, we're just excellent. And, and you you can see that the reason they are they have that confidence of like don't touch me you can't touch me like this is because yeah. they don't have these like random white people who run amok and can do whatever they want without like any sort of consequences. Right. Um, yeah. So it was powerful. It was powerful to witness as someone right. who gr- grows up here. And you kind of so so people feel like a lot of African immigrants are haughty in a sense. And 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 so you do kind of see that amongst actual Africans. They're like, oh, you, I'm supposed to be inferior. I'm supposed to be stupider than white people. Like for what or how? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I I thought that that was like interesting and great that Coug- Ryan Coogler was able to kind of capture that actual mm-hmm. like um, yeah just orientation and 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 dial it up a notch because obviously right. once you're here in the U.S. you do have to like contend with these issues but they come and they're like nope we know we know where we come we know where we come from um, right and so that was that was deep yeah and and just speaking of like black people operating in their excellence that's one of the other things so like obviously the movie is a movie but then it also like on a meta level like the actual real life making of the movie it's also black people operating in excellence yes i mean obviously it's in a in a white system right marvel 
and Disney are not black companies. Nope. But <laughs> these are like all super well trained or like super talented actors and mm-hmm. the the costume designer is Ruth Carter who's done a bunch of other shit and I think already been nominated for Oscars and there's Ryan Coogler and you're like oh wait everyone was just operating in excellence yes in real life and to the point where it's also like they made a more complex like layered superhero movie than possibly has ever been made before mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. i can also imagine that they also had at least some white people being like why would you make this it's too complex mm-hmm. like you should like make it more simple you mm-hmm. should you know this doesn't fit the formula of a superhero movie they have not said that but i'm just guessing i can't imagine that the script came out and people were just like fantastic um (laughs) right but so to think about what they face down to just decide to be like no people can take this and we're going to make an excellent film whether it's a comic book movie or not right and and apparently the original like idea for the black panther was like weird and racist and like ridiculous before um before ryan coogler got involved um and so it it's i'm just i also was like kind of taken aback by the idea of like what could have been like mm-hmm. like they could have like made this first major black superhero movie and it been like basic and racist and like whack and a bunch of white saviors all up and through it but like with like leadership and talent and commitment you know these people were able to make something that like resonated so broadly and just was right. like yeah, it was inspiring, to be honest. I feel like I watched it, and I just was thinking, reading all these think pieces and just thinking about the movie, and I was like, let me get back to work. Like, this is incredible. I, too, want to, yeah. like, you know, do the best that I can in whatever I'm doing, you know? Right. And it's, it's, so it was inspiring to me in that same way. And also, like, when you hear the behind-the-scenes, like, discussions, like Ryan Coogler, I watched an interview with Ryan Coogler and then one with Ruth Carter, And Ruth Carter's really stood out to me because she says, like, I was scared. Like, I had never done a superhero movie before. I did not know, like, you know, how to make a superhero costume work Mm -hmm. suit. Um, And I had a lot to learn. And so she just tried her best. Right. She had like 100 plus people, I think, in the wardrobe department. They did all this research. She crafted all these things. And Ryan Coogler said something similar. He's like, I didn't think about like what this movie meant. I just did like essentially did my job. Yeah. And the actors are also like, we showed up and we did our job and we, you know, tried to be as excellent as we could. And you're like, oh my God, it just felt like real people. Yeah. What we also try to do. And you always talk about operating at the edge of your capability, which it felt like everyone was doing there. Right, right, right. No, exactly. I mean, and it's like, they couldn't really think about how important this was or like how they're going to be the first, because that would take them out of their element. So they really had to have this laser focus on whatever their task was. And, and yeah, like every, if you just do your job and do it the best that you can, everybody does their job the best that they can. Like you can create something like excellent and powerful and resonant. Um, and yeah, like it is scary to operate at the edge of your abilities to push yourself. Um, but look what it, it wrought for them. Like, look what it, it, 
brought all of us. I mean, it's just such a, it's just yeah. such a gift, you know? Um, I'm so, I feel so grateful, um, to, to all of them for the work. It took like years to make. I I sit through the credits for like the, you know, extra stuff or whatever. And I'm yeah. just like, damn, there's like probably a thousand people, um, right. you know, who were involved in this. Um, right. so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really wild. And then even on the screen, like, like I said, I love comic book movies. I come out of them all high kicking, side kicking, karate chopping people. <laughs> I'd be like, which power do I want? I want this power. And I always try to connect with like the character. I'm like, which one am I most like? Because I want to do that. And this was the first time I actually was like, oh, I mean, I can't actually be none of these people because they're not real. But I could. <laughs> I could right. possibly, and I love Shuri, like the nerd savior. Yes. I was so into because yes. in my heart of hearts, I want to be a Koye. But the fact is, I don't like <laughs> possibly getting hit and shit. I don't right. want nobody and having to with spear a spear people. in my face. Like, yeah. and I'm not really Nakia. Like, I ain't really trying to be out here like that. But I was like uh, making some shit, thinking real hard. <laughs> yeah. I got you, boo. Right. Exactly. No, it's it was yeah exactly, um, and we had so many options to choose from. It's like, do you want to be Okoye? Yes. Do you want to be Nakia? It's not like in the Spice Girls where it's like, okay, everybody be Scary Spice. He doesn't look <laughs> yeah. like any of us. I'm like, all right, well, regardless of their qualities, you yeah. Know. I keep trying to whenever I watch X Men, I'm like, oh yeah, I could be Storm, and I'm like, but I don't fucking want to control weather. Right, like that's I don't you want know, that. Like, and so to have I, like all I'm the options interested. of the different ways of being like a strong contributor, a strong, like, wonderful, excellent yes. woman and black woman was, like, also amazing. Hey, yo, yo, hey. In my zone, didn't write this, this is straight off the dome. Vibranium be the source to myself. Oh, baby, it's better than gold. Hey, in my zone, T'Challa came and he flexed on his own. T'Challa came and he took back the throne. Killmonger tried to finish, wait, no. No. Uh, in my zone, King Kugler came and he did it again. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. He's gonna come back and just do it again. Yeah. In my zone. Uh, in my zone. Eh, eh, eh. Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think the next thing that like I want to talk about is first Ryan Coogler, and then like a more deep dive into the relationships in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So Ryan Coogler, because like I listened to some interview with him, forty five minutes, which and I hate like listening to stuff even though I have a podcast, uh, but I was like mesmerized by him. Um, he like really loves his wife like like he he was always like baby like what happened when did these people come or you know like wait baby like whatever and I was just like oh that's so sweet that they're it just really felt like mm-hmm. they're a team um and then that story is like circulating on Facebook about how she bought him final oh, draft first pro, draft first draft fi- whatever yeah. it's called yeah um and it's just it's just like awesome to see like you know it's clear huh Oh, yes. So the story is that um, he's like in film school, I think, working on scripts and he's trying to do them in Microsoft Word. But you have to have like your scripts format a particular way. And there's like a particular software called, I think, Final Draft Pro. Um, And it's very expensive. But his girlfriend, like at the time, she was his girlfriend at the time, now wife, like scraped together some money and brought it for him, like believed in his dream enough to like 
invest in him like that. And he like, like thanked her during this interview. So because the question was that they were talking about like, oh, Forrest Whitaker was a producer, I believe on Fruitvale Station. I think that's right. And so they were like, oh, is he the one who gave you your first break? And Ryan Coogler, he's so humble. He was like, well, yes, in a way, but it depends on what you think of as like my first break. Um, and he talked about an English teacher, and then he told the story about his then girlfriend who like invested in him to get him like little baseline materials, you know, that are necessary for him to to, to chase his dream. Uh, and she's she's there, you know, and so it's just beautiful to see the tenderness that he felt towards her, and he he doesn't hide it or anything. And so I feel like I, like that is related to this love in the movie, the love between mm-hmm. these characters, where like T'Challa is so tender with Nakia, it's wild, you know. Um, and I've seen that, definitely had that uh, that kind of relationship before, and it's beautiful and it's amazing, um, but it's not like common. It's not um, mm-hmm. valorized in the same way, kind of in general. But you can see that like Ryan Coogler feels that this way about women. Like he feels like women can be equals and like support people in like real ways and not just kind of be in the background or whatever. Um, and so I was just struck by like, and just grateful that whatever, you know, that like he brought that to such a wide platform. Like so many people watch this and experience this. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I love, so something that I love about him, um, is how he, continues to talk like he's yes. from Oakland. Yes. It's because wild. That's a, it's wild. And because that's a decision <laughs> that I have also consciously made in my career to like continue to speak the way that I would speak. I mean, with some deletions, right? Mm-hmm. I actually have a cleaner speech when I talk to my family than I do at work, which is anyway. <laughs> um, but I just love that because I love that not only he exists in the world and he's doing this work, but he lets people like black kids know and probably other kids too. And I say kids, but also us that like you can still succeed and continue to be who you are. It doesn't require like this scrubbing of the things that like white supremacy might not like, or things (sighs) that like would make you, if you got rid of them would make you more respectable, quote unquote. Um, and you can continue to operate in excellence, right? Yes. And I just, I really appreciate that because that has shook me. And also, I was talking to Nigel about it. I have been so shook by the fact that, like, I mean, obviously the cast, now they're famous, right? But these could be, like, our friends. Yes. Right? Like, our black-ass crew could yes. literally be <laughs> like these people. Black except- Panther. <laughs> we're not we're not well, we mean, could. we're not we're not actors or any of that right. but like that i don't know i just get the sense with them that it's not like they're just like some high mighty people born upon no. a hill who like yeah have special they're just like people who had gifts and are working really hard in them and that could be any number of super talented people of color I feel the same way because Issa Rae and them, like, went, Issa Rae and Jadena, they went to Stanford. Like, I know people who know them. And I, like, went to, before she was, before she did Insecure, like, I I went to some party at her house. And 
it's just, and she, you know, and she is very, like, she's really nice. And Yvonne Orji is the same. Like, I've met them, and they are, like, regular, like, lovely black people. Just, like, I mean, now you can't, you, now I, I, you know, I can't, like, roll up to them. But we, <laughs> we could definitely be friends. And it is, it's just so inspiring. Um, and Lupita, we over, at least I overlapped with her because I stayed a year after at Yale yeah. working. Um, she might have been there our senior year or something. Um, so, yeah, had I been, like, you know, up at the div school. Like, yeah. I mean, the drama and school. You know, like, yeah, we could, we, you yeah. know, it's crazy. And one of our, you know, f- listeners was housemates with Winston Duke. Oh, right, right, right. right. When he was at drama school who plays, so Winston Duke plays M'Baku, who's yes. one of the... <laughs> My man. Just one of the many <laughs> snacks in this movie. Just so, whole, They just set out a whole motherfucking meal in this buffet, film. literally. Buff- I was just like, yeah. It's you sexy, you sexy, you sexy in a different way. Like, I appreciated the diversity of sexiness See, that was arrayed. <laughs> I love it, but I... So, oh. quick aside. <laughs> quick aside. I do not like having celebrity crushes. <laughs> I do not like feeling strong feelings about people I do not know. <laughs> and so, in my mind, whenever I feel attracted to a celebrity, I'm just like, he's a fuckboy. <laughs> Doesn't matter if there's any evidence I'm just like, he's a fuck boy. This is a defensive strategy. Let me put on my psychologist hat. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I cannot engage with this. So I'm just going to assume that you're trash. Right. And this has worked really well for me. And then fucking Black Panther came and ruined all of my fucking defenses. Because I was like, fine, they're fine. They're fine. They're beautiful, but they're all trash. And then I read their articles. I like, I watch the little interviews. I see Chadwick's comment to Lupita after she honored his, like, you know, mimicked his Rolling Stone cover. And it's like love through and through. And I was like, fuck, none of these dudes are fuck boys. (laughs) And so now in my mind, also in my mind, I'm like, I think I love Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) <laughs> fine cool whatever so does the rest of the world also hate the feeling that i would have to compete anyway. right and then the really tricky thing is now that i'm married i cannot engage <laughs> with those thoughts <laughs> so i'm constantly killing off nigel in my mind because i'm oh. like how could we be together i don't want to cheat oh so shit he he's dead can he be in a coma <laughs> i guess you can't cheat if he's in a coma right you gotta be That's- like supportive i'm like he either cheated or he had a baby with someone else so i had to divorce him (laughs) and so the other night i was having a really lovely dream it was right after i watched black panther (laughs) michael b jordan was in love with me and he literally goes i love you i'm like (laughs) oh my god we are so perfect for one another fantastic we're gonna like this is so great and we're about to like make out and then real rihanna trent like fucking comes over the top of my goddamn dream and she's like bitch you're married and I'm like shut up and she's like you're married how are you gonna work this out so then I have to fucking re-rig my dream so instead of making out with Michael B. Jordan in a pool instead we have a very intimate conversation about how I never expected to be with another man and I'm very overwhelmed by this turn of events I didn't expect to be a widow at this age get the fuck out of here yeah totally that's the most overthinking dream he was very understanding and then i was like okay and so we so then you very vulnerable and then i was like okay so do you want to go watch martin and he was like yeah and that was how it ended 
And I was like, having celebrity crushes when you're married is no goddamn fun. <laughs> yeah, that really killed the mood right there. Like, it, no. so you had to go I, like, back, yeah. kill your husband. I had to like, I had to, like turn, go I had to emotional kill Nigel. Turmoil. <laughs> I had to be like, I, I was like, I never intended to be a widow this young. And he was like, I understand. I was like, I didn't, I didn't think I would ever fall in love again. He was like, I understand. He's like, I'm there for you. And I was like. I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> That's hilarious. See, I feel like my singleness is wasted because, like, I mean, I can't say that I've had a dream about any of them, though I feel like Mbaku definitely looks Ebo and he looks like my future husband. I'm like, yeah, 6'5? I can fuck with 6'5? I can fuck with 6'5? And you went to Yale? He didn't go to Yale in the movie, but he did go to Yale, <laughs> Yale drama in real life so I'm like babe like we can be double Yellies and like have our beautiful <laughs> Yellie children who are tall and like Caribbean African but like living in America so the like, African American with triple consciousness I was like babe like can we just like work this out <laughs> Mbaku <laughs> or Winston whatever you Winston baby you know so I guess I just dream and think about him in real life and not in my dreams. <laughs> but so enjoy. All I'm saying is enjoy. All you single listeners enjoy your unfettered fantasies because I'm pretty sure there's married women who have dreams about celebrities with no guilt. You're just an overthinker and yeah. a moral individual who doesn't want to cheat on her man, even in her dreams. <laughs> finally, That's last hilarious. night I finally confessed. I was like <laughs> I would leave you for Michael B. Jordan. Damn. And he was like, damn, damn, damn. damn. I was deep. like, I'm sorry. I just, and he was like, cool. He was like, who would I leave you for? Oh, and then we and talked like, about it. And he was like, Rihanna. And I was ah. like, fair enough. She's really fucking fly. I mean, right. I was like, if we get it. And he doesn't have to so, learn a new name. Like that's, I mean, he got it easy. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. has it super easy. That's lazy as hell. I'm like, can you? have a different name so that you like call my name out and like are like oh my god I'm so sorry I miss my wife <laughs> you know <laughs> like how dare he just choose a woman with the same ass name as you tell him I said that's lazy <laughs> well that's yeah I was like I was like I get it but yeah so all I'm saying is Michael B. Jordan's come in and fucked up my whole goddamn shit <laughs> yeah just I, like he did to Wakanda <laughs> He is a ruiner. He's a homebreaker, country breaker, home wrecker, sorry, country wrecker, Wakanda wrecker. Shit, damn. This is for my future baby mama. Hope your skin is black as midnight. I'll take you out there under. I can put you in the bins. I can balance out your chakras. Fornication is a sin. We can fuck our night regardless. So I found the art in heaven as I pray for new McLaren's. Pray the police don't come blow me down because of my complexion. Everybody think they know me now because I'm chicken checking. Negro, you are not my homie. How do you think it's Damn, damn, damn. Okay, moving on. Let's see. So, uh, I mean, yo, okay. So I just want to talk about this thing at the end where he's like, T'Challa is like, I think I found a way for you to like, you know, help others or whatever, but like be with me. And it's like this outreach center in Oakland. And I just didn't like it. I think that's why it felt meh at the end of the movie because I was like, wait, what? what? Like, <laughs> like yeah, she, I, she doesn't get to be yeah. a spy. She's going to be, like, in some Oakland... I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe I need to, like, wait and, like, hear his vision and see his PowerPoint. But I was... <laughs> I was underwhelmed by you like see this perspective, please. <laughs> I need the extra slides at the end for all my questions because I'm like, um, 
like she's like out here like saving women from Boko Haram and you're about to, I mean there are people who need to be saved in Oakland it's fine but and just the idea that like still at the end she has to change what she wants to do to be with him like I felt like that was a little bit of the um you know usual tropes kind of entering in yeah yeah I feel you I I don't know how I felt about the ending honestly I didn't think about it too much except to be like why they had to have that little boy be like can we take apart this spaceship and sell it on eBay? <laughs> I was like, y'all fucking wrong for that. Y'all they wrong called for it, that. They called it a All Bugatti these... spaceship. Yeah, like, Bugatti wow. spaceship. I was happening? also like, uh, would the Wakandan children say this? But anyway. Um, right. But it was very cute. Um, I, I A lot of people have been like, what the fuck? This like imperialist ass <laughs> Like, you yeah. know, ass They decision. were mad. Um, <laughs> they were real I, mad. I was just sort of like... I was still so wrapped up in Shuri, who I, like, love, wish was a real person, could right. run around with. Like, <laughs> we are kindred spirits. I was mm-hmm. like, we got the same sense of humor, girl. We both <laughs> like to be, you know, inside thinking and not actually outside fighting. I mean, she um, fought at the end, too, so... Maybe. Yeah, but she had some fucking hand cannons. You know her ass wasn't trained in hand-to-hand combat. She wasn't combat. trained. She was like... Doo, 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 doo. She was like, I'm gonna press these buttons, bitch. And, yo, <laughs> when it stopped working, she was way. actually ass out when it <laughs> yeah. stopped working. Which is exactly like, how I would be. I'd be like, oh, well. <laughs> just give me one second. I just need to, like, recharge my thing. And we can commence the fighting again. And Kilmanka was like, I'm actually about to kill you right now. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, like, didn't... I don't know. I I, th- I would say that I trust them enough that I think it would be more interesting in the sequel. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't feel like, like she had to all of a sudden leave, you know? Like, um... Or, you know, stop being a spy. Because I wasn't 100% sure she would actually take over. I know he was like, Nakia will run this. But I was like, that could just be a dream for you. Wait, would run what? the? Oh, you think she might not? Yeah. She might still say no? Yeah. Interesting. Because, like, she didn't say. Yeah, it was unclear that he so. talked to anybody. Because even Shuri was like, what's this? He's like, you going to run the science outreach. And she was like, oh, my God, thanks. And I'm like, girl, but don't you want to run science in Wakanda? I mean, maybe she can do both. Yeah, so I felt like they just weren't clear. So I was like, okay, this is cute. Um, (laughs) I was more caught up. I was like, I like that they kind of were honoring Killmonger's memory. Yeah. Even though that wasn't how he would have planned to do it. Absolutely (laughs) not. He's like, where are the weapons? (laughs) But I did like that he didn't end up in the story one being just like a heartless villain, but also that they has started to take some responsibility for how mm-hmm, he turned out. Mm-hmm, right. And to not just dead. excommunicate his memory. Right. Right. They weren't just like, Oh, you know, fuck, fuck that dude who tried to tear apart our country. Which and they could have. And they would have been well and, within their rights. Yeah. Who yeah, killed Zuri and choked know, out queen, choked out one of the elder women. Like, it was yeah. And set fire to all the little, the little heart, heart flowers. Right. Um, but we I don't think Killmonger like, is dead, dude. by the way. I just wanna I just wanna put this out there. Like we ain't see him be buried, buried, buried. buried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> <good. laughs> we ain't seen him be buried. 
all my Oakland folks are like, what the fuck, Rihanna? Right. I'm sorry, I can't do an Oakland accent. Yeah, can anybody? But Ryan, you know, Ryan got it. Um, Anyway, I just don't, I just don't think he's dead. Like, I felt like he was such a great anti-hero or antagonist or whatever you want to call him to T'Challa. And I just feel like, also just the way, like, I just felt like his death was too fast. Like... He, and also you know, just yeah, I was like, not a big fan of. He was like, I would rather die in bondage or die free than live. And I was like, first of all, bitch, right. didn't nobody say you were going to be in bondage, right? Exactly. Because I, I was not convinced that they would have just locked him up. Absolutely not. I kind of thought that T'Challa probably wouldn't have locked him up. Nigel's like, he was definitely going to lock him up. <laughs> he was like, I think they might have like set him free later, you know. But yeah, we like, have no idea how Wakanda like deals with justice issues right because the first person who was supposed to go back and Jadaka's father and Jobu like didn't get to go back because he got killed Um, and then Killmonger we don't get to see like so we never really get to see what their justice system is like and Killmonger is using the US justice system which would be like yeah you're gonna be locked in cage forever um, for a disproportionate amount of time to the crime even though I mean starting a civil war is like pretty fucking serious but you know (laughs) (laughs) whatevs um but yeah, people were like, why did he have to die? And like, T'Challa shouldn't have let him die. But I rewatched the movie and it happens very quickly. Like, it really does. Yeah, it like, he brings him like out to left. see the sunset and then he's like, we can heal you. And then he's like, no, like, I want to be, th- throw me over the sea or bury me in the sea like my ancestors who didn't want. And I'm like, okay. And then he just pulled that knife out and was like, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't understand what people wanted T'Challa to do, like put the knife back in or stop him from pulling the knife out. Or, and honestly, if I was T'Challa, I'd be like, okay, I mean, play, I said we could heal you, but if you don't want to be here, like you could go. Like, it's okay. So that was the other thing. I thought that some of the critiques were valid, but some of them were reaching too. Yes. Like, and not considering that the whole movie sort of premised on these being relatively reasonable people right that you can understand their logic and you have to think like Tashala as a leader this dude came started a civil war tried to kill you right you know like almost killed your family right and even though there are real reasons why he did that and you understand like uh also it's like well if homeboy lives like is he gonna try to do it again exactly like exactly. we did just almost fight to the death and even though I feel something for you I don't know if I'm really trying to save you. Like you can actually Maybe that's go. just me. But I'd no, be like, oh. <laughs> I mean, and he offered. He said, well, we can heal you. if you, you want to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, see you later, TTYL. Um, and he, but he offered to heal him. And then the other yeah. thing is, I think Killmonger chose to kill himself rather than yield. Um, yes. Or he, so he doesn't end. So, right, the whole thing is you have to die or yield. And T'Challa says, we'll heal you. But the implicit implicit in that um, offer is that you have to yield. And then this right. like whole thing is over. Killmonger does not do that. And so, A, if he's not dead, it leaves it open to continue this like challenge forever into part two. Right. Um, if he is dead, he seems to be the kind of person who, like ra- rather than yield and live, maybe be in prison, maybe not, I'm just going to die so that I know yeah. that I like, fought to the death. Um, and so to me, I I wasn't like, mad. that part happened fast, but I, I felt like it all made complete sense. Um, yeah. And I was also like something that, so I thought Killmonger was more of an anti-hero than a villain. Although I think on the second watch, I'll definitely have more sympathy for him because the whole first watch, I was like, 
he a hotep. I ain't got time. <laughs> you know, all day it's just like, I was just like, wait, so you want black people to be supreme? Like his poli- his politics are just really antithetical to mine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm also for black liberation, but I'm like, I don't want anyone to be supreme, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't want black people to be supreme either. Mm-hmm. I would like all of the supremacy stuff to cease. Right, um, right. And then I also had like a lot of questions. I couldn't tell if it was just cause like, I'm a question and ask motherfucker sometimes. So I was like, <laughs> and I was like, but the, the but I just wanted to be like, but the me- the mechanism of um of this. So you're gonna send weapons? Do you think white people will not steal them? Because right. this whole premise is that white people steal a lot of shit. Right. So you really think these weapons? I was like, are we fingerprinting them? Is there like a DNA lock? Like right, what if they're you a little have to have black? A certain amount of <laughs> African blood in order to use them. Right. Yeah. I'm like, what if they're a little black? Like what if Rachel Dolezal gets one? Oh my god. Like, She's going to trick the. I she's going to trick she... the system. Yo, I saw this. Um, one of my friends on Facebook like posted like, "Who can come to Wakanda?" I've been seeing a bunch of posts of, of different people saying they're going to Wakanda, but like we need to discuss like who can actually go. And I was like, "Yeah, no, you have to be of African descent." Like blah blah. And so then this white guy's like, "I did my DNA test. I'm two percent black." <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, is there a threshold on the weapons? Like, yeah, it's definitely ten percent at least. You definitely have to be at least ten percent black. Yeah. Yeah. Be so I had a black. lot of questions about this plot. I was right. like, sir. Yeah. I don't know if we have thought through this. It wasn't thing. fleshed out, fam. You know what I'm saying? And everybody who's Team Killmonger, I'm like, y'all just blindly following this like dude whose anger resonates, which I get. Like I completely understand, but like like, how is this going to work, you know? And we, arming rebels, like, we see the destabilization that, and, and a bunch of black people are going to die. Um, right. And like, it's has also anybody like, been training? Like, who is ready to, like, <laughs> go to war right now? Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And it was also the whole, I thought it was a very interesting, um, especially people who are Team Killmonger, I think it's really interesting because sort of part of the premise for Killmonger is that this is what violence begins, mm. right? Like this kind of anger, his father was killed. He like is in the military and has been part of like destabilizing regimes and mm-hmm. killing a lot of people. And I'm like, so if violence begets Killmonger, what do you think is going to happen if we arm all the black people and then they murder yes. all these white people? So then the white people are going to be plotting our downfall and then I was like, this just sounds like a cycle. Right. Exactly. And and so I also felt like he, one of the reasons he killed himself was that he just was a person who could not fathom another worldview. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if he lived, he was going to have to either change his politics or try to figure out how those politics work in a different frame. And I just didn't think he wanted to do any of that. Right. Yep. I think you're right. I think you're right. And he was like, this is it. I didn't, I failed my mission. So this is the end. Right. I think, I think what was, I thought like the, like, so a bunch of people who were critical of the team Killmonger were talking about his like violence towards women in the movie. He kills his girlfriend. He chokes out this elder woman. He um, slits the throat of Adora Milaje, and he like is about to kill Shuri, and, and maybe yeah. um, maybe also uh, Nakia. Um, 
And I thought, so I agreed with that. I was like, this is wild. Like, this is wild. And like mm-hmm. the like blind support kind of that I first saw, like after a while, people were like, I'm team Killmonger after he goes to therapy. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> that's like deeper than therapy, but like, whatever. Um, um, I thought like Ryan Coogler was setting up a really interesting like dichotomy between T'Challa and and Killmonger like when you're in the U.S. or like the violence is marking your life and all this pain like that person has this horrible relationship with women and at least doesn't care about them I mean I don't I don't know that it's specific to women but like certainly was like particularly savage with women and then T'Challa on the other hand like his life is not marked by violence his life is not uh, there's no relationship to, with white supremacy and there he's able outside of this like white supremacist patriarchal I mean it's patriarchal in a sense Wakanda but like outside of what happens in the west right. Wakanda has this like equality with women this tenderness amongst like the amongst the genders and mm-hmm. um, and everything like that so I thought I thought I actually thought that that was purposeful um i mean there were so many things like yeah people had to then grapple with the idea that they like found this pretty violent um perspective like attractive um and they even women like even though he was like so violent with women like they they didn't care Uh, i even saw some posts in some one of these like a group that i'm in um like when you know talking about the scene where he chokes out the elder like when i tell you to do Mm -hmm. something you do that shit and they like made it like into a sexy type of me oh. like ooh, oh yeah no. yeah and i was like oh guys um <laughs> pause stop. yeah like come on you know so um yeah so yeah. anyway i think it was it, it it was a mirror in a in a sense for us like that whole the gender dynamics in the movie are a mirror for us yeah i know i agree and i i that makes a lot of sense now that you're saying it um the other thing that got me about um, Killmonger was, and especially people that are like Team Killmonger, is I don't know. There was just I understood his anger, but there also felt like a shallowness to his beliefs or like thinking that I just like couldn't get down with. Mm. Um, and that bothered me. Although the scene with where he like takes the heart flower and goes back and talks with his father is so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's deep. It's when they're really he's deep. like maybe they're lost, which is why they can't find us. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, God damn. Yeah, the movie was like full of just like ah moments, like clutching. You know, you're just like damn. Um, there's another really interesting. So part of the, the the thing I was just talking about with the difference between Killmonger and T'Challa, I get it from the I got it from. I mean, I was thinking about it before, but also there's this article comparing the feminism in Wonder Woman to the feminism in Black Panther, and in it, mm-hmm. this woman talks about how the men of Wakanda are just like more emotionally intelligent and able to kind of access their emotions and be tender, and so she talks about that scene where Njobu is talking to his son and he's like heartbroken about. Because the son says something like, or the father says like, did, did you, are you even grieving me or something like that? Oh, yeah. He was like, everybody dies. Everybody dies here. That's just what happens. And his father is like heartbroken about that. Like, yeah. like man, I should have taken you back before because see what this is like doing to you. It's deadening your like mm-hmm. emotional um, and like intelligence and things like that. 
Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I think I, I hadn't seen as many as much reflection on that um, earlier in the first initial takes, but I think it's interesting, something for us to think about. Yes, Lord. Huh. Hail Mary's in the sky. False prophets get buried alive. Head on the throne, cause that's where I reside. Ways in the world, the weak won't survive. Something's in the water. Hey, my nigga, we lawless. Please move with caution. Who said the fair way? Damn right, I need all this. Yeah, Jack, I need all this. I did want to circle back to the sort of African, African-American tension in the movie that yeah. was like so central. We talked about it some before, but um, I and I and I, I hope that the sequel has like more black Americans because so I should back up. So it wasn't my tension wasn't that I wanted it to be more centered on black Americans. I totally got why it wasn't. And I actually thought that decentering was useful Mm -hmm. because a lot of talk, especially in the U.S., about black people centers on black Americans and totally forgets that there are African immigrants and Mm -hmm. their experience is different. Um, But the fact that there was just like one black American perspective and that it was Killmonger's really bothered me. Yeah. And I'm just like sort of holding out hope that in the next movie, now that they have some Oakland outposts that they have like (laughs) black American women who, and like men who have other, like a breadth of viewpoints, the sort of the way that the Wakandans did. And it's just Mm -hmm. not like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it felt like sometimes the movie kind of framed as like blackness outside of Wakanda is just suffering. Mm -hmm. And it's not just suffering. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Right? Or even when Killmonger is like, I would like my ancestors who, uh, you know, were rather jumped overboard because they knew it was better to like die than to live in bondage. One of our friend and wonderful listener, Fumi, made a real point. She was like, well, when that happened, I was thinking, but your ancestors would. And I was like, good point. Right. Good point. Like, literally wouldn't um, be here. Like, that's the, whole, <laughs> the whole way you were but able yeah. to be here is that, like, people didn't, like, everyone didn't jump, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so I just, I really miss that, like, acknowledgement that despite... And I like that Black Panther was, like, not just a movie about in spite of or despite, like, setting up Black people in opposition to white supremacy. But I did miss, like, an acknowledgement that there is a space between death and bondage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And that most Black people live in that space. Mm -hmm. And they have created whole worlds out of that space. And they have created... I mean, Ryan Coogler lives in that space, right? They have created these, like, incredible worlds of, like, imagination and language and music and love. Like, they have made themselves in that space, and that's a beautiful thing. Right. You know, so, like... And I I get that... Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's cool. Go ahead. I was just going to say I get that, like, that's not what Black Panther is about, and that's part of what makes it beautiful, but I do hope that if it continues, we sort of build that out. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think there was a critique that I really, that really just like 
just kind of bothered me um, by a professor, black man professor. And I just felt like it, he, over, he overstates the argument a little bit. But basically, it's, it's like what you're saying, which I, there's, there's something there that like, but he made it specific, like this movie places black American men at the bottom as usual, like oh politically and like up. all of this. <laughs> there are literally no black American women present, so right. shut the fuck up. Right. It's like the you one talk woman about gets th- shot like in the beginning of the movie. She doesn't say it. She barely says anything the whole movie, you know. And we don't even know she's black American because she doesn't get to say anything. We right. like assume that she is. Right. And she didn't seem to have an accent, but like. Right. Yeah, that I, I saw that critique too, and it pissed me off because I was like, "Oh, right, you're just you are so caught up, you don't even realize that there are literally no Black American women in the yeah, whole exactly. Country. So that was so that was upsetting, and the, so and so yeah. To and then like the idea of saying that this movie written and directed by a Black American man places Black American men at the bottom, it just seems ludicrous. Yeah. And then the other movies that Ryan Coogler has done, Fruitvale Station, which is literally about like like the murder of an unarmed black man and like humanizing this black man and then Creed which is a story about a black man and like like father son and like he's he's you know it's like I'm pretty I mean (laughs) like I'm pretty sure that Ryan Coogler was not trying to put black men at the bottom and then the other thing is that to me Killmonger felt if if not equal to to T'Challa like actually superior to him I mean he beats him he throws him over the Water. He he sets this whole country like ablaze. So if that's yeah. a representation, sure, it, it's um, destructive and there's anger there. Um, but a lot of people like resonated with that, um, right? And 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 so in the same interview that I've been talking about, like Ryan Coogler talks about going to Africa for the first time. He's like, if I'm going to do this movie, like I have to go to Africa. And he talks about like the pain of kind of never having gone um, before mm-hmm. and like this place that I'm supposed to be from. I don't know. I've never been there and I don't know much about it. So he goes. And he is most struck by, like, the similarities between, like, cultural practices in Africa and cultural practices amongst black Americans. He talks mm-hmm. about kind of, like, sitting outside and, like, kind of hanging mm-hmm. out outside and how he was, I think he's in South Africa, and they are, like, hanging out outside. And they explain that, like, they hang out outside to, like, show off, like, all their healthy children and, like, that they're doing well. Um, and he was saying, you know, but here in the U.S., if people are hanging out outside, they're loitering, they're, um, they're thugs, they're whatever, r- ragamuffins. Um, and so it clearly was really impacted him, like the similarities between Africa and African Americans. And so to me, my read of like Wakanda, Wakanda first, as we all know, Wakanda is not real. It's not real Africa. Yeah. It's not Africa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nowhere in Africa is like that um, at yeah. all. Nowhere in Africa is there that like, because even though some Nigerian immigrants who come here like have this sort of sense of superiority, when you go mm-hmm. there, I mean, there's some of that, but there's a lot of like, there's a lot of poverty, like rough stuff going on too. Same mm-hmm. as black people here. So Wakanda is different, um, but I feel like the cultural practices that he brought to bear in Wakanda are similar in some ways to African-Americans. And I feel like he mm-hmm. was, to me, people were making this distinction of like where black Americans are. And to me, I, I felt like he was trying to say that this place that doesn't exist is where we all are. There's all yeah. these different tribes. Um, some of us are further away, less central and more central and all of this, but like that is blackness and black people. And it's not just Africa, yeah. you know, and all of that. So, um, but I take your, I do hope that in the future, in the next movie, like yeah. I just really appreciated that, like amongst the Wakandans, there were these different perspectives on what Wakanda yeah. should do. And I agree that definitely there should be 
more pers- perspectives on what global black people should do. And I think the Caribbeans yeah. are mad. They're like, where are we? Yeah, no, they're we're not in this at all. The Afro-Latinos are also absent. You know, there's yeah. black people in Asia. They're not there. So it would be super cool yeah. if, like, there was just more, uh, more discussion. Right. So I agree with that. But in defense of Ryan, I don't even know him, <laughs> but I'm, like, a humongous yeah. fan at this point. I think that he... Like I and a lot of people did see themselves in like I think a lot of Black Americans did see themselves in Wakanda. Oh yeah, you know and yeah, so I think totally. That's what he was trying to do. To sh- I think his he really was like I need to tell people like we are this we are the same like it's the same. Yeah. Um, and I was also thinking so like the father um, T'Challa's father T'Chaka the old version and the young version, they are father and son. They're South African actor, or the father I think is an actor. The older man is an actor and his son, like, you know, so so mm-hmm. they look alike. And I felt like the son, the younger version looked just like T'Challa. And so that just reminded me of like, I have this experience all the time where I see a black American and I'm like, whoa, you look like my family member. Or you look Nigerian, yeah. you look Ghanaian. Um, and it's been centuries at this point, obviously, but like, but that connection is still there. Um, And so that's my favorite kind of part and thing that I've been thinking about, like just the like connections across the the Atlantic. Um, So that's, yeah, but I agree with you. No, I appreciate, no, I appreciate that. And I totally agree with your point. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. And I really like thinking about it that way. Actually, I feel much more empowered. Thank you. Yay, that's Um, my goal, just to empower all of us. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's no buts. I am just like glad Wakanda exists. Like, I know we wanted to talk about what parts of it will be taking forward. And it's just reminding me of, so I organized a screening uh, for my coworkers. A lot of them were white. I picked purposely like a black theater, like the only theater in Detroit and we went Friday night and to the last showing and when I tell you it was so beautiful I've been to that movie theater and it's never that crowded and I think Mm -hmm. they were showing Black Panther on every screen like all day (laughs) and the fashion there was like older black people who had come and they're like Afrocentric clothes and the best part was and some schools had like bust in classrooms of kids. Wow. And one middle school group, all the girls dressed up as the Dora. Oh. And like wow. the red. Wow. And my intern showed me a picture of it. And it was, it just like meant so much to so many people. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I want to keep, the part that I want to keep with me is like, I think the commitment to excellence, even when people tell you or it seems on its face like you're doing too much, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and I just like I, I've not, I haven't heard this, like I said, in any interviews, but I'm just I'm sure that they met some pushback to like mm-hmm. making such a, like a complex movie and people might have been like, just do another superhero movie like right. it doesn't need to be that. And I mean, they didn't have to work that hard. They would have collected their check either way. Right. Right? Sure. Like, um, but just the commitment to to doing what it is that you love and doing it well and mm-hmm. doing it while remaining yourself so that people behind you can know that they can also be themselves and yeah. still do that. Yeah. I thought sure. that that was, 
that's the best part to me. Yeah. Um, and because, I mean, Wakanda isn't real, but like we all now have affection for those like 10, 15 main characters in the movie. Yeah. And because they did it, right? Yeah, and it, yeah. Wakanda, I mean, is, is great and wonderful, but you still have this like crew of beautiful, of like black people who busted their asses to make something that they didn't know if anybody would like, but they wanted to just try to make the best thing they could because they didn't yeah. know the next time they would have a shot at it. Right. And I think that that is incredible. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think um, I think the part that I love the most is is the is the love that that was clearly put into it that they felt for themselves that like that people who watch the movie like like you know like people were excited people it was mm-hmm. like a collective joy um, just throughout timelines and in person and. Um, and it's now this like connected cultural touch point that we all have and can make reference to, you know, yes. we're like Wakanda forever. Like that means something we have, we've, we've like replaced the emojis that were like X out to be like, yeah. like love. And, um, I, so that's part of like why I love like social media and Facebook. It's part of why I love this podcast, just like the communal, um, yeah. coming together around something that we feel is important that we value or that we really enjoy and, and get a lot out of um, and I feel like this movie was that but to the like you know millionth degree like exponential co- yeah. communal like everything that's wonderful about being black um, yeah. was in this experience um, yeah. you know people randomly critiquing shit and it just you know like whatever but like, and like re- but like real issues at the core of something entertaining Um, so yeah, like I said earlier, I just felt inspired to like do whatever I'm trying to do, like to the best of my ability and to just show up every day and, you know, and hope for the best and be positive and, um, and optimistic. I think I've felt like kind of pessimistic in some like periods in life and things, but this is like, I mean, obviously we may not all have this kind of outcome, but there's something to be said for just like showing up, doing your best and like feeling like doing it with love. Yeah. Um, that is enough. You know, I think if this movie didn't make a billion dollars, like they would have been proud of what they did. Yeah. Um, and so that's just, that's just awesome. Yeah. Yay. Shall we end there? I think so. Martine. Cool. Oh, we have to do the outro. Yep. Lord, damn, I always gotta look for it. Why don't we have it memorized? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yes, Winston Duke is a whole motherfucking snack. Oh my god, girl. He's so fine. Girl, I just don't even get so it. So the other thing that I... So did you find that this is true? Martin, you can cut this. I just want to ask Ivy before I forget. <laughs> that the people look like real people, even though they were really fucking beautiful. Yes. Yes, I agree. I love that they didn't fix chat. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it. T T T T T. But I also love so something I noticed is like uh Lupita has like this yellowing of her the whites of her eyes a little bit. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing that a lot when I was like in Uganda. And I it was so glad that they kept it in. Yeah. And didn't like airbrush it and post. Right. To make to make it just like really normal. 
Right, right, right. I'm trying to edit the because we haven't um, edited an email. Oh, okay. Our program was also, edited. Also, did by- you see that deny? Uh, what's his name? Maxwell wants to take her out now. <laughs> Maxwell's trying to holler at deny wait, through like social media. Wait, this is goals. This is incredible. He was like, "I want to wine and dine, deny." Are you serious? Yes, yes girl. Yes. What? Naimi, right? Shala. N-A-I-M-I? Yeah, okay, I just want to make sure. Um, Whoa, that's incredible. I was just talking about how, like, the... Just, again, like I said earlier, like, the idea of the woman being darker skinned than the man is, like... It's just so rare. Um, I think on Being Mary Jane, like, at the beginning, she had her, like, light-skinned dude thing that she was doing all the time. And, like, that's, like, literally it. Um, So Maxwell... Whoa! I wonder what she... And also, she's 40, She's what? 40. When they posted the ages, I was like, duh <laughs> What's happening? I thought all of y'all were like late 20s, early 30s. Literally everyone looks like our homies, but some people it's, are 40. That was the other crazy <laughs> thing. I was like, all of these people are beautiful, but they all look black. Yeah, Like Michael B. Jordan looks blackity black, black, motherfucking yes. black. 100%. You know, like his ass ain't, I'm like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you, you look like... A dude I grew up with. Who no, exactly. Goes to the gym a lot. Exactly. Chadwick, I'm pretty sure I saw you before. <laughs> Winston, yep. probably not because you six motherfucking five and that <laughs> I ain't. I remember normal. that. Right. Like that's not. But no, I, that's the thing about Michael B. Jordan. And when he talks, I'm like, damn, I know you. <laughs> like I know a nigga just like you. <laughs> I like. And I'm just like, so I love that people are so like these people are beautiful when they look black mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just black as hell mm-hmm. no Don't nobody look like a little bit of european ain't nobody in there no if i was in that movie i would look like the whitest fucking person you're too white you're too white literally there's like, like one light-skinned dora milaje <laughs> she may have even i was talking with Dodger about did, this earlier she didn't die right i think she was the one who got her throat slit, got her throat slit i'm like ryan what's going on you're doing so much right now ryan Coogler. like i appreciate like you're like dark skin women yes but like you ain't need to slit like the one well, light skin door like me and shuri are like the same color yeah yeah it's interesting because the royal family is a little bit lighter than like like the adora milaje and like all this on well, so like only I thought the that, women yeah yeah the like, t'challa and his i feel like he's like the dark I feel like he's the male, you know, men are slightly darker. He's like the male version of Shuri. Like, he's not like Daniel Kaluuya. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I thought, I don't know if that was like on purpose, but yeah. And like all the, like the light skinned girlfriend got shot. (laughs) The light skinned Dora Milaje. The light skinned Dora uh, Milaje got her throat slit. I was like, Ryan Coogler, like. How radical are you trying to be right now? There like you were didn't no light skinned dudes either. No light like nobody dudes. in the tribe. Was Drake like did not make it. Drake. All. Drake didn't make it into the movie. <laughs> He's not they there. They said, "Get your ass." Jesse out. Williams is also not there. There's. Did you see the meme? There's another meme that's like like a bunch of skin shades in Wakanda, and then like the lighter skinned people in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> And so this is so weird for me, Rihanna, because I feel like I'm like, whoa, I am like central in this like major black thing. Like I'm yeah. dark skin, I'm a dark skinned black woman, like African. Like, you know, I'm like you would be pop. I mean, you're popping anyway, but thanks. you'd be popping in Wakanda. I for would be like sure. in Wakanda central, like out there. So 
So your like price, I, your buy price would be high. Would be hella high. It's already gonna be high. So whoever's interested, just start saving. But <laughs> but yes, in Wakanda, it would be super. But yeah, it's like I like can't even. I like it's. I like catch myself being like, wow, like I yeah. feel completely included, and yeah. like in this thing that's yeah wild so anyway the only thing that i wish and i obviously ryan cooler can't solve everything but i'm like <laughs> next one more body shapes would have been yes 100 percent. because all agree. of the women are like straight straight size even the dora i'm like come on now you can have like if you had like a girl that looked like she lifts some weights yeah no i mean they were a little bit thicker than like you know usual in hollywood but you're yeah. completely i needed like I needed, like, curvier women. Like, I think it would have been incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I'm uh, hoping that, like, M'Baku has, like, a curvy wife in the next ooh. film. They're going to, like, debut her, and she's going to be like, ah! And I'm going to be like, ah! <laughs> Oh, my God. That would be incredible. <laughs> See, because I was wondering if, because um, Okoye can't go back with Wakabi. He, like, fucking no. was part of Civil War. She, I don't think she'll end up with I'm hoping that they go down the queer storyline that she's supposed to have. Oh, that would be interesting. She's like, these niggas yeah. ain't shit. So let me find a nice, beautiful <laughs> other Dora Milaje to just. My oh, okay, last man cool. tried to participate in a civil war. So tried to like fuck this whole shit up. So man. let me just move on. That would, I would love that. I thought I was thinking because, but that would be like regular movies because M'Baku came and saved them. Then Okoye yeah. guessed with him, but that doesn't even make no, sense. I in hope Wakanda. she like has like some like fly ass sort of lieutenant and then they like our vibe in yes. and then they have beautiful oh queer gosh. love a la tessa and oh oh, oh janelle monet. monet yes someone told janessa, me they think that's just a publicity just a publicity nah, stunt and i was like that doesn't nah. even make sense that would be wild they've been like attached and rumored for all uh, like months yeah, I read Months. a whole thing on Autostraddle, like with a like a detailed timeline. <laughs> yeah, it went back yeah. years actually. I was like, okay. Um, anyway, I feel like uh, Martine's giving us a side eye. <laughs> He's like, wrap this up. So thanks again for listening. As always, our program was edited by my team powers. Uh, our producer is Shala Naimi and theme music for this episode was written by Taja Chi. We would love to hear from our listeners. We're in Wakanda now, so you have to like, you know, send us a special message now because we're not in the US anymore. You can hit us up on Twitter at the get underscore, Instagram at we are the get, Facebook slash the get podcast, or via email at thegetpodcast at gmail.com. Um, check out our website, wearetheget.com, for an archive of our episodes. I'm Ivy. And I'm Rihanna. And we are The Get. Woo! Thanks for listening. Woo! <laughs> Bye-bye. Peace in Wakanda. <laughs>